Let's say you want to get into leadership. Where do you start? On today's show, how to start leading if you haven't done it before. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 113. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communications, human relations, and personal productivity, the people side of leadership, of business, of organizations. I'm so glad to have you back with me for another episode of Coaching for Leaders. And on today's show, a question from one of our community members that came in recently, and I thought it's a question that would really benefit so many of us in this community to look at, which is how do we start to lead if we haven't done it before? And so let me begin with the question that came in from Scott. Scott visited coachingforleaders.com slash feedback and submitted this question. Hey, Dave, this is Scott from Boston. I want to ask if you could talk about some ways that people can get into leadership. For me personally, this is something that I've taken an interest in and would like to pursue a little more and not quite sure how to do it. So maybe you could talk about some recommendations that you had or ideas or just ways to go about it. Thanks. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for submitting this question. And Scott and I talked over email already about some suggestions and some thoughts that I had around leadership. And as I started responding to Scott and we dialogued back and forth, I realized that there was a lot that I could say on this particular topic, and I thought it'd be valuable for all of us to explore a bit. And, you know, I think that this is really a challenge for a lot of us when we hit this point in our career where we feel like we'd like to lead and we don't necessarily know how to start. And it is very intimidating. It can be uh, of wanting to lead and not knowing where to start, or maybe we're even a role where we have the opportunity to lead, but we don't necessarily know where to begin. And so, First of all, uh, what is leadership and how is it different than other things? I've talked about this some on the show before, and in actually a future episode, I plan on talking more in detail about the distinction between leadership and management, because there is a distinction. And uh, truth be told, I've messed it up on this show many times in the past and past old episodes. And so I'm going to revisit that in the not too distant future. But, you know, I really like uh, the definition that uh, leadership is kind of one, three areas. And uh, this is based originally on a definition from John Cotter, who wrote the book Leading Change, which is one of my top 10 leadership books that I recommend to folks. And he talks about leadership through these three broad lenses. Leadership is the ability to set a vision, to communicate effectively, and to motivate others. And I really like that definition because it is different than management. Management is more of the, okay, how are we going to do that? But leadership is the, where are we going? And so when this question originally came in from Scott and we talked online a bit, one of his first questions was, okay, well, um, you know, what could I do? And, and would it make sense to go and check out a graduate program in leadership studies or a graduate program in organizational leadership or something like that? in order to become a more effective leader and to get into leadership and to get that experience. Now, uh, let me speak to this briefly before I share the four things that I think that we, you know, we all can do to get more experience and begin our leadership journey. Uh, and one of the four isn't 
going and getting a graduate degree in leadership or some other related field. And and I say this as someone who's done a lot of graduate work in leadership and related fields over the years, both as a student and as a faculty member at a couple universities. And so um, let me say why I don't think this is the best place to start. I'm, by the way, a huge believer in higher education. I continue to teach a couple of classes a year. Um, you know, I'm married to a professor. <laughs> I, I love education. I love colleges and universities. Bonnie and I have been associated with colleges, universities, our entire lives. We'll continue to be, um, we're big believers in education. That said, if you want to really get to be a, you know, an effective leader and you want to really begin to um, lead effectively and provided you've got some, you know, some basis of your education done already, I think getting a graduate degree probably isn't the first place I would start. And here's why. Um, you know, most graduate programs, uh, the good ones at least, assume some level of practical experience. And 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 that's because they want you to bring something to the conversation. They want you to add to their program. They want you to be able to take what you're learning in the classroom and have somewhere to apply it. So they go on the assumption that you've had some of that practical experience first. And the other reason I mention this is that most programs academically aren't so great at giving practical experience. Yes, there are exceptions, and every program makes some attempt to take the things and, and, and encourage you to apply it back practically within your organization and the world. Um, but that said, you know that's not one of our, our core strengths in higher education, uh, is kind of taking that practical application and putting it back into the workplace immediately. And so, again, many exceptions to that. But that's not necessarily the place I'd start because, you know, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to really spend your time in a graduate program, you want to really figure, you want to have figured out first that that's the important thing for you to learn because a graduate program not only is very expensive, uh, it's going to take up all of your free time for however long you're doing it, two to three years. You want to make sure that you've already had some experience in the field that you're in, that you've maybe even had hopefully some ability to lead and to manage, and that that's really your uh, your passion, your calling. And then that's the great thing to then invest in some some education and go back and get some more uh, some more education there. And that's one of the reasons I went on and got my graduate education in my field of organizational leadership and org behaviors because I knew I was going to be doing this my entire career. I knew I had a passion for it. But um, but I wouldn't start there. I'd start other places first because I think you can get even more bang for your buck. And you'll also provide yourself with a clear path forward on doing a few other things first before you start thinking about that graduate degree or graduate education or formal uh, formal training program. So, um, you know, one of my favorite definitions of leadership, by the way, is that a leader is someone who has followers. So we'll talk more about this in a future show. But, you know, I, I love that definition because, you know, there's the... Uh, I'm starting to hear this more and more in many organizations. Uh, people refer to senior management or their managers as leaders, or they'll talk, you know, kind of holistically about that team of people that are senior in the organization as uh, the leadership group or the leadership team. And you know, I think for for there are certainly many great examples of leaders in organizations, but most of those folks, are are you know really hired to be excellent managers 
and may or may not be good examples of leaders. They may not necessarily be the kind of people that you would want to follow if you had the choice. And that's why uh, some of the interesting leadership research has actually been done not looking at managers because um, you know, most of the time the assumption is, is that you don't always have the choice of who manages you. So if you work for a large organization, chances are you didn't get to choose your manager. Now, you may love that person. They may be a great leader. They may not be. Um, and so you don't necessarily have the choice to follow that person. Of course, we all have the choice of what organizations we work for, but we don't necessarily get to choose our manager. And so that isn't always the best determining factor of whether or not a person is a leader. Uh, a, a leader is really someone who has followers by choice. And one of the great ways to learn how to lead is to first start on the other side, is to be a great follower, because ultimately, if you want to lead, you have to know how to influence and motivate followers. Well, if you don't know what that experience is like, you're not going to be able to lead very effectively. And so beginning with being a follower, I think, is a great place to start in our leadership journey. And, and, and I'll tell you, you know, it, it's one of those things that a lot of us get impatient about because we want to we wanna lead. We want to be the person that has the ability to influence and to motivate others and to set that vision. And that's, that's exciting. That's the fun part of leadership. But, you know, it has a lot of challenges, too. And it's actually a lot more fun if we learn how to be a follower first. And, you know, I, I kind of had to learn this the hard way in my own career. You know, I, I, I look back now on the first Mm, five, 10 years of my career. And I would say that I had gotten pretty good at being kind of the strong number two person in an organization. Um, I was someone who became really, really good at the operational parts of the business. I wasn't necessarily always thinking about the strategy pieces or the motivating pieces or the good communication necessarily, but I was really good at executing plans and really good at organizing things and really good at kind of making sure all the I's were dotted and the T's are crossed. And I got to be pretty good at being that number two person. And I served in that capacity for yeah, a while in several organizations of being in that kind of that number two capacity. And, and then when I was in a few situations in that number one role, for either a period of time or in a few positions where I was leading an entire team or entire organization, I, I wasn't as comfortable there. Frankly, I wasn't. I, I was much better at the number two spot. And it was just been in the last three to four to five years in my career that I start to realize that I have less interest in the operational pieces and I'm a lot more interested in now how to be able to uh, set strategy and to provide a vision and to really architect plans and then to figure out the best way to get there. And so it's just now that I'm finding that that passion, that strength for leadership is there. But I think that being in that second role, that second position has been really helpful for me, at least on that perspective. And, you know, when I've tried to jump too quickly into leading it, I have fallen on my face a few times. I, I started a coaching business. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before. I started a coaching business, um, you know, doing communication, human relations stuff when I was 23 or 24 years old. Uh, I had uh, gotten some coaching training. I thought I was ready to go out and to help organizations be successful. 
and I had a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of passion for it, and and very little idea of what I was doing. And looking back now, I'm actually amazed I was as successful as I was. Um, but I fell on my face pretty fast within the first six months or so. And I, you know, yes, I had the passion. Yes, I had some formal training, but I hadn't had enough experience in organizations to really learn and and really have that experience of having been led for a long enough time where I could then work with others to be able to do that effectively at that point in my career. And I learned a lot from that. I learned that I needed to be good at things first before I led others doing it. And I think that's something that a lot of us miss the that important lesson. I know I did. Uh, for years, I missed that important lesson, is we have to be good at doing stuff first before we can lead others doing it. So one of the best ways to start our leadership journey is to be willing to follow someone for a while. And that someone might be someone we really have a great respect for as a manager in an organization, maybe a company that we really are excited to work for and see them doing some great things, might be a mentor or maybe even a, a family member or friend that we see do some amazing things in their organizational work or their career, or even in their families, and to really take the time to just learn from that person and be willing to be coached, to be willing to be mentored. And let me tell you, that's, that's stuck in my way a lot of times in my career because I wasn't always willing to do that. So following someone for a while is a wonderful wonderful way to begin the leadership journey. And so that's my my first recommendation on how to lead more effectively. The next thing that all of us, or at least almost all of us, have the opportunity to do is to volunteer to help in the workplace or to volunteer to help in our organization or you know wherever we can add value um, and find something that isn't working and to make it better. And you know, I, I was I'm thinking about this in context of uh, having attended a session with uh, one of our clients a couple of years ago. One of these was a Fortune 500 company, and we had had a client event that day. And one of their executives from the company had come in and given a presentation about success and leadership. I don't remember the exact topic, um, but one of the things that he said during that presentation. And, and this was a, you know, a very large organization. He said, you know, if you really want to get to be influential in this company is you need to find something that isn't working and figure out a way to fix it. He said, if you, he said, look around at the people who are real leaders in this organization, they're the people that have found things that weren't working. And then they decided on how they could do it more effectively they set a vision for it, they got people involved with it, and they worked hard to be able to fix something and affect change in a real positive way. And their willingness and their drive to do that is what made them successful in this organization. And I thought about that after I heard that and was thinking, yeah, that's exactly what it's all about, especially in a large organization. Um, and I think back in my own career, the times that I've really grown and the times that I've gotten more responsibility and had more success in my careers almost always when I solved a problem for, for the organization, for our clients, for the people we served. And so our ability to be someone that volunteers to help in the workplace and to not just punch in at eight o'clock and punch out at five or whenever we're supposed to be there, but 
and and to do just the job description that's in front of us. But uh, you know, the people who really um, begin to have influence in an organization are ultimately the people who find the problems and solve them. And you know, whatever organization you're involved with, whether it's a you know a volunteer capacity, whether it's a large global organization, whether it's a small business, um, you know. I guarantee it. There's things that aren't working in that organization, and you probably know them. They're probably the things that you think about and you're complaining about on to yourself or a friend or a family member on the way home at night or on the weekend. Or you know, those are the things to write down. You know, start writing down what's not working, and then figure out what's one of them I could take on and I could solve, and I could get some. I could get some backing from a manager in an organization, maybe I could even get a little budget for, but even if I couldn't, you know, maybe I'd spend an hour extra a week working on this particular problem and to be able to lead, if not others, at least lead myself to be able to affect some positive change. I guarantee you there's something there for you that would help you to begin that process of starting to lead. And you know, this is the kind of thing that the cynical people in your organization will say, well, you know, um, that's, you don't want to talk about the problems and bring those up and start suggesting solutions because if you do that, they're just going to make you solve the problem and you're just going to end up volunteering yourself for a whole bunch more work. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course, you're going to be the person that's going to end up doing a little bit more work. Of course, you're going to be the person that will be the obvious choice for taking action on something when you bring it up as a problem and you suggest a way the company can do it more effectively. Of course, you're going to work a little harder than the other people are. But here's the thing. That's what the cynical people say in the short term. But long term, if you do that with diligence with enthusiasm, with the goodwill and genuineness that you want to bring into leadership, you will be the person that will be leading all those people down the road. You'll be the person that will be influential in the organization, and that's how you'll get to lead. And you'll make mistakes along the way, too. I know I've made so many. I've seen my clients make many mistakes over the years. But the willingness to learn and the willingness to make mistakes and the willingness to get better always makes us more effective. And I'll say more about that here in a few minutes. But volunteering for something, for a need you see in the workplace or in your organization, a great way to begin your leadership journey and to solve a problem and to earn trust with a lot of people, by the way, who need help from you. And I can assure you, the people who need you most are the people who are managing you. Not the other way around. The people who need you most are the people who are managing you. Their job is the hardest. They want to... Uh, invest in the people who are going to help them solve problems. If you can be that person, ah, you're going to start your leadership journey in a wonderful, wonderful way. So now here's the thing. Not everybody's working in an organization. Not everybody may have that opportunity, but everybody has the opportunity to find a problem or to volunteer in another organization, an existing organization out there in the community. You know, one of the things that I did is, you know, I, I didn't have, I was at a point in my career and going back to speaking about graduate school, I was in graduate school for a period of time and I took a year off work. And so I didn't have at that particular time when I was getting my master's degree, I didn't really have a lot of practical opportunities to lead in an organization. So what I did is I joined a volunteer organization. I joined uh, the local chapter of the Junior Chamber International, JCI. 
Uh, JCs, for short, is uh, what they're known as. Uh, they're an international organization, very prevalent here in the States. And I joined the organization. I got involved. Uh, they did a lot of service work in the community, a lot of volunteer work. Um, and I, you know, I volunteered to be on the board and became their you know, VP of membership or whatever the title was and helped recruit, got to know a ton of people in the community, uh, ended up winning a national award that year for this organization, got a lot of visibility for it. More importantly, though, I learned how to advocate for things on a board. You know, all of a sudden when there were 15, 20 people on a board, like how to, how to, you know, fight for what I thought was most important, how to really utilize the organization's resources well. And one of the most important things I learned was how to manage volunteers. Let me tell you, that's one of the hardest things to do. You think it's hard to lead people and manage people when you're paying them. Imagine what it's like when they're volunteering. It's hard because you can't tell people what to do. You have to get enthusiastic cooperation. I think one of the best things that all of us can do to become more effective leaders is to find an opportunity to volunteer with an organization in the community to meet a need and then to get that experience of really reaching out and leading. Uh, it worked for me. I think it can work for a lot of people. And you know, if you don't know where to start, some great places. Just go. You know, in the go in your local community. Uh, find some organizations that need help. Call up your city council. You know, go meet with your mayor of your city. You know, you you voted for them or you didn't, but they're your constituents. Go spend time on those people, those people's offices, and say, who needs help? What is the what does the city need? What are their organizations that need help? Go talk to your religious organization, your church, your synagogue, your mosque. Ask what uh, organizations that your religious community has relationships already that need help, need resources, maybe even need people to serve on their boards, um, need people who can go out in the community and be advocates and do PR for them. Um, go talk to the people who are in professional organizations that you're involved with. Uh, you know, I know in, in you know my area, there's several professional organizations for folks who do you know training, human resources coaching, and all of them have partnerships with local nonprofits that they help support and are always looking for volunteers. Uh, you know, you could tap into the Chamber of Commerce in your local community. There is a whole, if you start asking, the problem you'll have is not finding an opportunity. The problem you'll have is being able to sort through all the opportunities that will come in front of you and the number of people will start asking for your help. So that's a great place to start. Leading volunteers is hard. It's a great place to learn. If you can do that well, Man, there's so many things that you can do then in the world to be able to lead more effectively. And then, you know, fourth is to take some time and to design your own professional development plan. And this is going to be a topic for a show coming up in the next two months as we enter the new year in 2014. But to look at how you're planning out your professional development. Now, some organizations will do this for you and require you to you know work on your professional development plan. Good managers, good leaders will always be talking to you about this and thinking about your professional development and how you're contributing to the organization. But if your organization doesn't do that as you know as consistently or maybe you're not working in an organization right now, but even if you are in an organization, your professional development plan is probably going to be focused on your current position or maybe your future position. I would really encourage you to think even broader than that. So to actually spend some time of 
thinking through your whole professional development plan and your personal development plan too. You know, what are the skills that you're going to need in order to get to where you want to go in your career long-term? Even if you don't know what you're going to be doing 30 years from now, what do you think the skills will be? What are the things that you're interested in you really want to get better at? Is it communication? Is it public speaking? Is it being able to train others? Is it being able to influence? Do you have a passion for a certain nonprofit? Do you have a passion to be able to influence the world in a certain way? And then to start to build your professional development plan around that. Stephen Covey said many years ago, begin with the end in mind. And so there's some wonderful things you can do around that is, you know, one is you can get an accountability partner or an accountability group to do some coaching with you that'll help support you in getting to where you want to go. You can take classes classes out there that will help support you in your goals. I'm going to be launching the first Coaching for Leaders course in 2014, but there's tons of classes out there that you can take. They don't necessarily have to invest in an entire graduate degree or graduate program, but that will specifically target the things you want to get better at in order to drive your professional development. Um, starting to read consistently is a wonderful way to get better and more effective at, uh, at at being able to get knowledgeable about the things that you can then do in those practical ways that you're leading. Uh, starting a reading list. And uh, you know one of the tools I use for this is Goodreads. So if you go to goodreads.com, uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful community there of people who have a love for books. If you get on there, you can connect with me. Just look me up. You can see all the things I've read in the last few years, and my reading list is up there. Um, but it's a wonderful way to just start getting excited about reading and learning. And the more you read, the more you learn about the world, the more you learn about what it is you want to spend your time doing. And then there's just great resources out there like Toastmasters. I, I joined Toastmasters, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago to get to be a better public speaker. That's a wonderful, wonderful resource out there. So as you start putting together a development plan for the things that are important to you, you realize there's a ton of things out there you can do. So it's just a matter of are you willing to take the action? And if you are, if you are, and you're willing to do it consistently, then you will be better tomorrow than you were today and then you were yesterday. And if you're doing that, then you're on the right path. You know, let me say a little bit about why I do this show. You know, I'm 113 episodes into this show called Coaching for Leaders. And I think the assumption is for those in the listening community and, and anyone who listens to any podcast is that people who produce podcasts like me, um, you know, have it all figured out. You know, we, we've done a lot of training and, 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 and education and, you know, I have, but, you know, that we've got to kind of all figure it out and we know all this stuff and, you know, we, uh, we don't make any mistakes. <laughs> we know, we know all the things we need to know. And let me tell you, um, you know, there are people out there who are truly wonderful, natural, gifted leaders. Ain't me. <laughs> And is not a lot of the people that I know. You know, um, there there are people out there that uh, just like, it, it seems like they just didn't have to go through a lot of training or didn't have to struggle a lot, just to be, are just amazing at setting a vision for people, communicating, motivating people. Um, you know what? I, I am so in awe of those people because it is not me at all and it's not most of the people I work with. Every time I think back like two to three years, I'm usually wondering like, man, I can't believe how ignorant I was <laughs> two to three years ago when I was doing the things I was doing. You know, I'm a professional trainer and I still get the nerves when I get in front of a room. I still 
doubt myself every single day, practically every single day. I always wonder if I've done the best I can do for my clients. And, and these days, I doubt myself as a parent in a lot of ways too. You know, even the show, I always, just every single episode, this episode included, I entertain doubts. Am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right topic? Am I talking to the right people? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was the quietest, shyest, most unconfident person you'd ever met. And in a lot of ways, I still am. This is not something that comes naturally to me. I have learned the hard way. I've fallen on my face a lot, as most of the people have in this community too and will. Leadership is hard. It's really, really hard. You know, I first got interested in leadership and communication and, and, uh, and kind of this human motivation when I was in college. I stumbled across a speaker named Zig Ziglar. Some of you know Zig. And I got a couple of, I got this cassette tape, this old cassette tape from Zig Ziglar. Um, you know, I ordered it online and uh, I put it in my pickup truck. And I would drive around on the weekends or I'd drive when I'd go in to visit my family or drive into events. And I'd listen to Zig. It was a talk he did like back in the 70s. Uh, it was this great, great talk. And it was the first time I'd ever heard and gotten that inspiration. Of like, wow, you can learn how to lead. You can learn how to communicate better. You can learn how to sell and how to influence others. But I'll tell you, it's been a struggle all along the way. But here's the thing. I love learning about it. I'd be doing it anyway. So that's why I decided to do this show is, you know, I'm doing all these things anyway. I'm falling on my face. I'm having successes. I'm reading books. I'm making mistakes. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I could um, build a community of, of those of us who are also going through the same thing? Because I think most of us aren't uh, like those natural leaders, those natural gifted people who just go out and do this so well naturally. Most of us, this is really a struggle for of how do we get really good at doing this? And I don't think my journey's really that unique. It's a unique journey, but it's not a lot different than a lot of other people's is. I think for most of us, we do entertain a lot of doubt. We have a lot of challenges in learning how to lead effectively. And getting to be a leader is something that's a real struggle for us. And even when we get to that point where we're leading and influencing people and we're communicating effectively, we bring in tons of doubts. And so I love the question that Daniel Pink posed in his book, Drive, which is, are you better today than you were yesterday? There's always going to be someone that's doing it better than you are. Every level of my career, there's always been tons of people that are doing this better than I am. So the question isn't, am I the best? We'll never be the best. The question is, is are you better today than you were yesterday? Because that's about your journey then, not about someone else's journey. And if you are making progress towards a worthy ideal and you're better today than you were yesterday, and you're going to be better tomorrow than you were today, then good for you. You're on the right path. And I think that if you do one of these four things, if you have the willingness to humble yourself and to follow someone for a while, if you have the willingness and the courage to volunteer to take on something in the workplace that needs being done, not because you were asked to do it, but because you see a need and you say, hey, I could 
do something with that. I may not do it perfectly. I may not know the perfect answer, but I have the motivation, the desire, and the enthusiasm to try something new. If you have the willingness to volunteer with an organization out there in the community that needs your help, and if you have the foresight to spend a little bit of time in designing your own professional development plan, ah, you can lead. You can. You can. It's absolutely learnable. I assure you, if it wasn't, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You know, Scott, I really appreciate you asking this question. And, um, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate each week is hearing from folks in this community. Um, you know, it is challenging to uh, produce a show because you never really know if something's going to work. You never really know if it's going to be valuable to people. So I always love getting questions because it gives me those guideposts to know exactly where to go next. So if you'd like to uh, ask a question or you'd like to uh, help set the direction for this show going forward, or you have a comment, question, or feedback, I would love to hear it. And I always am grateful for those. Go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And that's the best way to always submit a comment, question, or feedback. And another great thing to do is if you want to join the conversation or if you comment about this show specifically or this topic, or Scott's question, if you have something to add in, I would love to hear that too, particularly if you have something to add in beyond these four steps. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of others I haven't even thought of. I would love to have you join the conversation. And you can do that by uh, jumping in on the comments at coachingforleaders.com slash 113. That'll take you to the show notes for this episode specifically, and you can join the conversation as well. Hey, a quick reminder before I let you go this week, I'm still looking to chit-chat uh, with a few more people for the R&D work I'm doing for that first course that I'm designing for the Coaching for Leaders community. And I would love to chat with you if you are someone who is in a management role and you've been in that role for, uh, let's you know say, less than two years, I've been saying, but you know if it's two and a half or three, that's fine. I'd still love to chat with you if you're a early manager and you're a newer manager in your career. And if you work for an organization that's, you know, you know, a little bit larger, you know, at least 20 or 25 people, um, and you've been listening to the show for a bit, I'd really love to get your feedback on some of the things I'm designing because um, I believe strongly that one of the best things that I can do at this point is I'm at the beginning stages of the design process for the course is talking with people who might benefit from it. And so if you're willing to do that, drop me an email at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. In the subject line, just put R&D and, uh, and let me know you're interested and I'll send you an email back. I'll let you know a little bit more detail. And then if you're up for it, we'll set up a time to chat for 15 or 20 minutes over phone or Skype, whatever works out best for you. And I'd love to get your input and add it in to the input of all the other folks I've already chatted with. And a huge thank you to everyone that I've talked with in the last couple of weeks. Had a whole bunch of conversations with people in the community and thank you so much for those of you who've been willing uh, and able to chat for a few minutes. Uh, and if you've already reached out to me and we haven't connected yet, by all means, uh, you know, let's uh, let's connect. And I look forward to continuing to add value in any way I can. And just one final reminder as far as logistics, uh, the episode list is up. I'm still populating it. So it's not, I don't have all 113 episodes up there, but the majority of them are up there now. So if you're looking for topics for past episodes, it's at coachingforleaders.com slash episodes. So that's a great way to uh, connect with past shows. If you're just tuning in or just tuned in recently to this show, and if you are uh, just tuning in recently, 
Thank you so much for joining me. And also thank you to Mike Lovello, Sue Duncan, and someone named Tara, and a whole bunch of other folks who subscribed to my weekly update this past week. I don't see all the names anymore, but I publish an article each week and a weekly update that will give you a booster shot between shows on how to lead better by giving you some actionable advice to improve your communications your human relations, and your productivity. So if you'd like to get that in your inbox, go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Plus, you'll get access to my video overview and my downloadable guide on 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others. I mentioned one of them in the show today, Leading Change by John Cotter. Great book. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And so if you want more suggestions for that, drop on the weekly updates and you'll get a lot of value each week. Hey, have a great week, everyone. I look forward to staying in touch with you throughout the week. And uh, hey, drop me a line on uh, your favorite social media network if we haven't connected already. Facebook, LinkedIn. What's the other one? Google Plus. (laughs) My brain's going. Coachingforleaders.com. You'll see all the social media buttons right there. Hey, have a great week, everyone.